Looking for Jesus as we study the scriptures next on Abounding Grace. The book of Daniel is not a true story about Daniel, although it is a true story about Daniel. Everything we read is true. But the book of Daniel is not about Daniel. The book of Daniel is about God. The highlight of the scriptures is about God, pointing to his all-sufficiency, his care, his love, ultimately pointing to Jesus Christ. When you read the Bible, you've got to look for Jesus on every page. This is amazing grace. We are delighted to be with you and welcome again to Abounding Grace. Let's find our place in Daniel 2 and get ready for a great time in the Word with Pastor Ed Taylor. Today, we'll look back on a time when King Nebuchadnezzar had a troubling dream. God was wanting his full attention and he would eventually get it. But the question we want you to consider is, does God have your full attention? If not, that needs to change. And today's message will help. Now Nebuchadnezzar gets this troubling dream. Who can get close to Nebuchadnezzar in his sleep? I mean, very few people are going to be around the king in their sleep. Who can get in Nebuchadnezzar's head while he's sleeping? Only God. He's resting and he's behind all these locked doors. He's got all these guards. Everybody's around Nebuchadnezzar. And you think, well, who could get to Nebuchadnezzar? God can get to Nebuchadnezzar. You have that person in your life. Well, I don't know who could ever reach that person. God could reach that person. And God has been reaching that person. You know, we have these smaller ways hum humanly that God has given to us to reach behind walls and locked doors and, and get into places where like people wouldn't normally come to a church service. They wouldn't come into a building like this. I mean, many people, one of the reasons we added church to our name is that people driving by here have no idea this is a church. And so we're like, hey, 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 guess what? There, this is a church. And we love you and we'll serve you here. And that, as we change the signage soon enough, we'll be able to announce again that, hey, this is a church and we're here to serve you in Jesus' name. But until then, we've also taken other methods to get behind in places that normally we wouldn't get to. And one of them is radio, social media, the internet. I was just reading a, a letter and I need to remember, I think the brother's name was Timothy. I just read a letter this morning of the mail that was on my desk. It's written on these, this long white paper in pencil, both sides on the, it was sent to us, and maybe he's listening right now, it was sent to me personally with my name uh, from the, the Weld County Jail in Fort Collins. And he took the time to write out this note of saying how much he appreciated uh, the Bible teaching, you know, the Bible teaching here, and he got saved through the Bible teaching here over the radio sitting in jail. And he's just, and I was sharing that I was sharing that with the, with the team. You know, we, we get so many of those notes of the ministry of the church of Jesus Christ through this little church. And radio gets behind prison doors. It goes in places we wouldn't normally be able to have that time. Radio gets into hospital rooms. You know, there are people that, that put an outward, and I'm, I'm talking to you right now, and in no way, don't misinterpret me. I'm not judging you. I am encouraging you. 
that there are people listening in the car right now that would not tell anybody in their whole life that are listening to Christian radio because they're just seeking out a hope. They don't know where to go. And so radio becomes, or they're flipping through YouTube and watching a video, a Bible study, not just our church, but all kinds of churches. And why we're trying to maximize the ability to get the word out because you may have given up on someone, but God hasn't given up on them. We are prone to give up on people. The person that we give up on the most is ourselves. Where we kind of get frustrated and we live under this weight of condemnation and we fail and we're just like, I'll never make it. I'll never do it right. I'm such a lousy person. And, and instead of beating yourself up, just remember that Jesus Christ took a beating for you. He was scourged and whipped and beaten for you. And beating yourself up, I'll tell you what it does. It makes you the God of your life. Because this is what you're doing when you, when you live in condemnation and unconfessed. This is what we do. When we live in condemnation, we're saying this. And we, I know you don't use this language, but remember this. You're saying, if I was God, I wouldn't forgive myself. And so therefore, I won't. And you become the center of attention. And you become your own God, little G. You know, there's a word for that. It's a Bible word for that. You know what it is? Idolatry. We think of idolatry, little uh, statues on our dashboard or, you know, the, you know uh, paintings you bow down to, putting food next to a Buddha statue. And that's, uh, that's all idolatry. But idolatry really is running to someone or something for peace and satisfaction. Because even though condemnation is not fun, even though condemnation is kind of a burden, it does give you a peace and gives you this false sense that you're in control. And that makes you feel good. Isn't that weird? Sin makes you feel good. Why would everybody live under the weight of condemnation if it didn't make you feel good? And so as you come to that place, not too long ago, we did Bible studies on this, so they're on the app, but not too long ago, we were reminded there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That is the way to get out from under the weight and burden of your sin and all the consequences that come with your sin and all of the mistakes that you've made, and all of the bad things you have said, and all the consequences you are currently enduring have been removed. The weight and burden has been removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you will come to him today, you'll receive the forgiveness of your sins. Now, not always does God remove the, con the consequences, but I have seen at times God has been very merciful. He's been very merciful. And I think every one of us, if we had testimony time today, could say that we have not received what we deserved in many areas of our lives because of the gracious forgiveness of God. So Nebuchadnezzar is reached by God in this dream. Now, dreams, you'll notice, is in the plural. He receives them in the second year of his reign. And this could be a series of dreams or it could be the same dream over and over again. But finally they get to him and he couldn't take it anymore. Now in your Bibles, right in, the, uh, in verse 3, circle the word troubles, troubled. And right next to it, disturbed, pushed down, beaten persistently. These dreams caused him some deep emotional disruptions. These were not merely the dreams of watching a bad movie before you go to bed or being scared by something you saw on television. These were deep 
seated, God-given dreams. They were no ordinary dreams. They came from God himself. Verse 5. But the king said to the astrologers, I'm serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you'll be torn from limb to limb, and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I'll give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. Now in our next study, we'll look at this a little bit more in depth. But for now, understand that Nebuchadnezzar is a tyrant filled with wrath. Or what we would refer to today as an angry man. An angry man. The kind of man that would harm people kill them to exert his control. Maybe today you would describe a man like this as uh, on a lower level, of course, not to the place of murder, although I think many angry, wrathful men murder in their hearts, and women, by the way, have this murderous rage in their hearts. It's a big problem in the body of Christ. It's not okay to be an angry man. It's not okay to be a wrathful woman. It's not okay to say, well, you know, it's just how I was raised. You know, that, that's just my background. That's the kind of temperament. That's my personality. You know, I'm a particular, I'm from a particular country. Or I've, no, no, that's no. No, because when you were born again, you were, became a new creation. And now outbursts of wrath are literally sins against the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's your choice. I'm not talking about normal things where we get angry. We all, and there's even righteous anger. But for those of us that grew up with anger problems, we don't mess around with righteous anger because, hey, just let the Lord do it. Just let the Lord do it. Just, just allow Him. He's the righteous one. And, and so we'll look at that in depth uh, next time. I'll develop that. But for now, just understand that's Nebuchadnezzar. He's the kind of would punch a hole in the wall, throw things, scream around. He would be known as an abuser today. Uh, he'd be thrown in jail. You call 911 on him, although he's in a place of authority. But he's an angry man. And this is an area that destroys lives. So God gets this angry man's attention in his sleep. And he calls for those that he trusts. And look who he calls. He calls magicians. These are the sacred scribes, the, the astrologers, the sacred scribes. The, um, they were also whispers of secret mysteries. We have sorcerers, which were basically ancient witch doctors of the day. The wise men or the priests. Uh, and you can see back in verse 2, the command was to call magicians, and I'm reading from the New King James, astrologers, sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. And so you've got sacred scribes, people they trusted, men of wisdom, uh, whisper of secret mysteries, you know, the astrologers. I don't know how popular it is today, but, you know, years ago, the astrology was really popular. You know, what's your sign? And, and what, is it, what does it have to say about me? And you know, if you're this particular sign, then you're this particular temperament. And then I read they did an experiment of sending the same exact horoscope to a hundred different people, but said it was written for you specifically. But it was the same one to a hundred people. And almost everybody wrote back thanking them for the exact accuracy of that horoscope. Because there's that natural tenden tendency for us to respond to auto-suggestion. And this area of a cold is nothing to mess around with. It's real. I know it doesn't get portrayed as, you know, it even gets portrayed as kind and nice, but the occult is real. The devil is real. And he deals in the areas of darkness. And there is a greater rise, and you'll see this in every culture. 
you will see an increase in drug use that is corresponding with an increase in occultism and mysticism. They go together. Drug use opens the gateway to darkness. It deadens your senses. That's why the Bible over and over again says, man, be sober, be vigilant, be ready. There's a rise of occultism and witchcraft and black magic and neo-paganism and even paganism itself rules the day. It is the popular thing. TV shows, movies, books, websites, social media, filled with this stuff. Why? Because it would be easy for us to stand and, and be, be critical of the darkness of our world. But that, that isn't what God has called us to do. God has called us to turn the light on in darkness. And I believe what we're seeing in the rise of, of all of the, the, the things that are destroying people's lives is just reminding us that there is a spiritual thirst and hunger in the people of this earth. Don't you remember when you were hungry and thirsty spiritually? Has it been that long that you forgot how hopeless your situation was? Now, I know some of you listening, you grew up in a very godly home and you were raised the right way, but you have to then take that illustration and you have to translate it into all the sinful temptations that you had to resist and how hard it was and how alone you felt and how you felt like there was nobody else around you that believed like you and you just felt like so alone. So why not just do it? Because you got the pressure. And why not just take that first hit? Why not just take that first hit on the vape and you're not even knowing what it's in? Just take the pill. Just, just go this way. Just follow us. But you're not alone. We're not alone. God has reserved many people that follow him today. You can just look, take a minute, look around the room. Don't forget what this is. This is Wednesday night, folks. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Most of your friends and family, you know, with people that they're, they're hanging out somewhere else. But you're in church. Why? You're in a building, really. You are the church. But why? Because you want to fall in love deeper with your Lord and Savior, Jesus. You're not here to follow some rule. You're not here because you have to be here. You don't have to be here. I don't have to be here. Well, I guess I do. But you don't have to be here. I don't, you know, we, 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 we press in to the things of God because we love Him. And the more we love Him, the more we want of Him. We want to grow. We need this. One of the reasons why there was a season where many churches had Sunday night services. Most churches don't have Sunday night services. But do you know there's also a trend where just a few years ago, many churches had midweek services. And now a lot of churches don't even have midweek services anymore. There's a variety of reasons for that. And, and I, again, you know, leadership makes the decisions they make. But the reality is, is that we need more of gathering times, not less. We need to be encouraged more, not less and the opportunities for the Lord to use us. And when I remember in the formation years of our ministry and God was just given vision, I just remember like if God ever gave us a building, if he ever let us meet in a building that we would want this building used as much as possible every day of the week through the life of this church. And, and that it would people, you know, because we have a policy that we don't rent the building out. We don't rent the building out. Our building, we, we are not in the building rental business. And so our building's not for rent. And we get many, many calls all the time. Can we use your building? Can we? No, you can't. Well, why? Because we're using it. We're using it for the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
we, if we have an empty room, we're praying for an empty room to be used by the God. And I know there's, a, there's, a, there's that opportunity to reach the lost, to reach, and that's great. And we have opportunity to do that by my responsibility is to teach you the word of God so that you might be built up so you could do the work of the ministry. And it's not just about gathering to a building, but it's about you every day going out into the community and being the salt and light. And so fortunately, even with the school here, not only does the building used all the time, but it gets beat up pretty bad. And you look around and go, man, that's broke, that's broke, that's broke. We'll fix it soon enough. And so we'll fix things and clean things as fast as we can. But it's not about a clean. This isn't a museum. This is the church of Jesus Christ. And it's to be used by the people of God and to be filled by folks that are getting saved and being changed. This is so exciting because people like Nebuchadnezzar get saved. And yeah, there's a darkness in this world. There's a difficulty, but God doesn't stop. He doesn't give up. Notice verse six. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I'll give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me. And they said again, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. And the king replied, I know what you guys are doing. You're stalling for time because you know I'm serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you're doomed. So you've conspired to tell me lies, hoping I'll change my mind. But tell me the dream and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means. This is, this is wisdom. This is wisdom from Nebuchadnezzar because the king can't sleep. He calls for his wise men. They aren't, they aren't wise after all because they can't help him because they don't know the dream. They can't help him. You tell us the dream, then we'll help you out. And Nebuchadnezzar, no, no, if you really, if you really are who you say you are, you tell me the dream and tell me what it means. And then I'll know you or really know what you're talking about. And it's just like the lies of this world, you know. You go to the world for help and they say they know, but they don't know. I mean, another thing that burns me so much of these guys that, and gals now is a popular gal on TV that says that she can talk to the dead. Man, that ticks me off so bad. Such manipulation. Such, ugh, this doesn't even have words. If your loved one died in Christ, they are safe, secure in the presence of Jesus Christ right now. You don't go to some astrologer, some gal that's got a TV show or charging you money. Uh, and and it, it's all so fake. It's all just kind of guessing and walking along, watching your, they're ex, you know what they are. They're experts in body language. And they watch you. And they watch your eyes and your eyelids and your body. And, and they just start suggesting until they get something. And then once they get something, you give them the rest. No, you, you, you want comfort for your lost loved one? You go to the Lord. You want a question about life's issues? You come to those that would open the Bible and give you the answer. You be willing to receive from God. You don't want man's opinion. You want God's opinion. And only God's opinion is found in the scriptures. And I know there's a lot of debate. I know it frustrates you, frustrates me at times where there's all this arguing and interpretation over secondary things, you know, that just arguing about someone's interpretation. But if you can get past all the arguments and get to the word of God, God will speak to you. And forgive us if we get caught up in the arguments of secondary things. That's not what you need. You need the truth and let the truth be the truth and let it speak to your heart and let a man or a woman that you go to take, that, take you past themselves 
to the God that can really help you, to comfort and encourage you. So they don't know, and Nebuchadnezzar knows that. Verse 10, the astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream, and no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods, little g, can tell you your dream. And they do not live here among people. Verse 12, the king was furious when he heard this. Again, his anger. You're going to see this in our next time together. He was furious and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. And as we close today and we head out, I want to remind you of something. Daniel and the rest of the Bible. So you might want to jot this down so you remember it. The book of Daniel is not a true story about Daniel. Although it is a true story about Daniel. Everything we read is true. But the book of Daniel is not about Daniel. The book of Daniel is about God. The highlight of the scriptures is about God. Pointing to his all-sufficiency, his care, his love, ultimately pointing to Jesus Christ. When you read the Bible, you've got to look for Jesus on every page. Is he taught? Is he teaching? Is it pointing to Jesus? Like the whole Bible is actually not about the characters. As important as they are, they're our brothers and sisters, you know, and Nebuchadnezzar will be soon enough, but it's, it's not about, well, let's get into Daniel. So, yes, Daniel is on center stage as we read to bring, he's really not on center stage, he's on a little stage. God is on the big stage and it's all about God. Well, look at Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. Yeah, but God spoke to him. And God will, that speaks of the coming of Jesus Christ who will speak to a rebellious world and break through. And now the book of Daniel is about prophecy. It's a book about purity. We're going to follow Daniel and his friends, the lion's den, all the amazing things. But God is on center stage. He's in charge. He rules over all. And there's a Bible word for that. And that is God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And these pagan priests and wise men, they even admit it. They won't even offer an answer to tr- or try because they know deep down they don't have any clue what's going on. They've been faking it, faking it, faking it. And even on occasion, you know, the devil might show some insight. You know, he might give some, some insight or they might guess properly. But the biggest liars and the biggest fakers in this world, they know it. They know. You see, their gods, little g, let them down because it's all a sham. Yet it's all a setup for God. These dreams coming to King Nebuchadnezzar were a divine setup. God is in control. And Nebuchadnezzar, it's not even about the dreams. The dreams are very significant. And God uses them in the plan that he's unfailing for the future of the world, but it's actually not even about the dreams. It's about getting Nebuchadnezzar connected to God. It's about God using Daniel and his friends, protecting them. The book of Daniel is really all about God. A good reminder as we close today's Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor.
Thanks for taking part in today's Bible study. To hear it again, visit our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com, or you can hear us through our app. Simply search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play and download that free app today. Also, look for our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We couldn't be more excited about the resource we picked out for you this month. It's a book by Tom Doyle called Standing in the Fire. As followers of Christ, we need to know what it means to stand courageously for our faith in a climate of fear, in standing in the fire. You'll read about those who did stand strong rather than run away in the face of overwhelming danger. I know you'll be encouraged and will gladly send you a copy when you support Abounding Grace today with a gift of $25 or more. Just pick up the phone right now and call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. And as we continue to get the word out on stations like this across the nation, we'd appreciate your support. People need the truth of God's word in difficult times like these. And with your help, we're able to provide it to them. You can donate to the ministry at AboundingGraceRadio.com or again, call 877-30-GRACE. By the way, Pastor Ed writes a blog where he offers raw thoughts on life, ministry, and grief. Check it out at edtaylor.org. We'll get back into our study of Daniel next week on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll look for you then. And remember, as you study the Bible, look for Jesus. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 